For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Unsurpassed, profound, and wondrous Arma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Now I can see and hear it, accept and maintain it. May I unfold the meaning of the Tathagata's truth. Good morning and welcome everyone. Um, so for new people, I'm Tygen Layton, the guiding Dharma teacher at Ancient Dragon Zen Gate. And I'm happy to welcome everyone and to introduce our speaker today, who is our Sado teacher, a regular uh, visiting teacher, uh, Paul Zengu, Paul Disco. Uh, Paul uh, was a uh, priest-ordained disciple of Shunryu Suzuki Roshi, the founder of San Francisco Zen Center. Uh, he was ordained together with my teacher, Tenshin Rib Anderson, and um, eventually received Dharma transmission from Tenshin. Uh, and so uh, Paul is kind of my Dharma uncle and uh, practiced for many years in Japan. Um, Suzuki Roshi sent him to uh, learn temple architecture. So Paul is also a master temple designer and architect, and as well as a Zen teacher, and uh, is we're very fortunate to have him as a regular presence here at Ancient Dragon Zen Gate. So thank you so much, Paul, and for speaking today. Good morning. Um, my name, my, my Buddhist name is uh, Daiho Zengyu, which uh, some people think is uh, Suzuki Roshi's little joke about uh, Japanese English because when we first bought uh, Tasahara, the kitchen had been, it was an old resort from the 20s, and the kitchen had been condemned, and the county gave us three years to build a new kitchen before they would shut us down. So in that three years, with all the student labor, we built we built a new kitchen, and uh, since I had building experience before I came there, I was the leader of that project, and um we got stones out of the creek and logs from the mountains. And anyway, it was, it was our schedule. Our schedule there was we meditated six hours a day and worked six hours a day and slept six hours a day. And the rest of the time was taken up with, uh, with study and, and bathing and taking care of uh, various different activities. Anyway, um, so, so Zengyu, some people think Zengyu sounds like thank you, although it's uh, also, I was one of, uh, one of his larger students, so it's also the, uh, Zen Ox, uh, there, was, there was an Ox reference in there as well, and uh, I have a tendency to be a little stubborn, so I think maybe that was part of it also, so <laughs> maybe, um, maybe aptly named. Um, and the disco part was a was a name from the from the old country. It's a German discal. When it came here, it got anglicized, and around the turn of the last century, and um, my 
at that time, Italians were like the, uh, the the despised group, so they put an E in the end so they wouldn't be confused with an, with an Italian name. I don't know whether that's <laughs> whether that helped or not, but anyway. So it wasn't until much later that the, that the music craze came along, and I missed it, but my, my kids were uh, right in the middle of the disco, disco mania. <clears throat> um, so I've chose today to talk about case number 12 in the um, Book of Serenity. The Book of Serenity is, is a compilation of, of many different stories and koans from, from old time, older times and newer and, and contemporary with its own, with its own publication, which was, I don't know. You'd have to ask. I'm not a scholar. I, that's not my, not my field. I don't know the, the dates of the book of serenity. Ty again knows that kind of thing. Um, but it was a compilation of the Sung dynasty just before, just before China fell apart with the Mongol invasion. So, um, I don't think many people realize just how important the Mongol invasion was to uh, to, China, to China and to the Chinese culture and to the Chinese history. And we 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 are fortunate to have inherited a great deal of Chinese culture. We in Soto Zen have inherited a great deal of of uh, Chinese culture before the the great the great invasion of, of the of the Mongol Great Mongol invasion that changed radically changed Chinese culture by introducing many different cultures from around from around the continent. Persian culture, Indian culture, uh, Tibetan culture, uh, all these things were introduced in the twelfth twelve hundreds when with the invasion. And Dogen was there before just beforehand and he brought back all of this teaching just before all all of it fell apart. So he was very well poised to make that transmission, but but all through from the fifth century on, all through that time, there have been many many uh, Buddhist Buddhist and cultural transmissions from the mainland to to Japan, and Japan is like a museum, a museum of pre of pre Mongol China. It's uh, uh, unfortunately. The Japanese don't have much respect for the Chinese, and the Chinese kind of hate the Japanese, so they never get together and talk about that. But it's, it's quite, as an outsider, you can see it. You can be, you can, you can re- relate to it because you don't have a dog in the fight, and um, you can see just how much of Tong and Sung, well, architecture in my in my sense, which is what I studied, was the architecture. How much of Tong and Tong and Sung architecture came to Japan and stayed there. And and since the Japanese believe in restoring things the way they were originally, they kept it they kept it alive and didn't change it. The Chinese are very different. The Chinese like to to um, make everything new again. So if they dig up an old relic, they polish it up and make it all shiny. Or if a temple if a temple falls down or burns, they build it in the style of the moment of the moment. I went on an expedition one time in China, looking for the oldest wooden structure in China with a group of a group of, uh, tim- of timber framers, uh, wood, uh, woodworkers, and we went way back to the end, to the very um, the western end of the Great Wall, back in the in the in the, in the western mountains, and we found temples that were supposed to be eighth-century temples, but actually they were founded in the eighth century, but they were built again 
in the you know in the twelfth and 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 some in the fifteenth century. A lot of a lot of things were built again in the fifteenth century. Anyway, um, China has lost a lot of its a lot has lost a lot of that pre pre Mongol culture has been smothered by by current events since they're a continental country and many influences. Japanese Japan being an island and never being invaded until the United States did it in World War II. Um, kept all of that culture alive, so it's um, it's very fortunate that we've been able to to have us a, a contact with that early early Chan early Zen teaching from the from the pre Mongol period, so that the the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 twelfth. The twelfth fascicle in the, in the in the Book of Serenity is is um, is called Zen plant, planting the field. So um, it's it's one that I read early on when, it, when we in the sixties. I think we had a manuscript copy of the Book of Serenity down at Tassajara that we could study, but it wasn't until much later that it was published in an actual hard actual book form. Um, and so I, when I first read this, when I, I misunderstood it, and now that I'm studying it, studying it again now, I see that I missed something. And, and what I missed was, was something that I missed for a very long time, actually, because my Dharma brother, Tension Anderson, was, was a scholar, and I was an artisan, a craftsman, and and I took this, I took this, this fascicle, this case to be saying that, um, uh, as they put it here, um, uh, plowing, uh, plowing the ground and paying attention to the rootless, auspicious grasses. That's how to pass the day. So I saw it as a kind of a part of the of the eightfold path, the right livelihood that. As a Buddhist, we should do something constructive and and of value to to society that was not harmful or or alienating. Um, so I put most of my energy into that over the last thirty years, say. But when I first graduated from 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 Zen Center in eighty nine, eighty nine, yes. Anyway. Uh, I had this very naive idea that I could be, I could do um, retreat practice half the year, and do and do building practice the other half the year, but um, and I and I I quite enjoyed I quite enjoyed uh, I quite enjoyed teaching I, the last few years at, at Tassajara, the last three or four years at Tassajara, I ran the the new students program there. We would have like little like we would have like a little mini. Tassaharv's uh, uh, practice periods where we would do all the cleaning. We would sit in the morning and do all the cleaning and sit in the, in the and and have a formal breakfast and and then sit again in the evening. And anyway, it was um, it was it was a way of introducing new people to to the practice. And we would do a whole lot of chopping wood and, and carrying water kind of stuff. Um, and I quite enjoyed that. And I had. I had uh, I had I had quite a bit of positive feedback from that, um, and I'd also taken care of the Berkeley Zen Center where Mel Weitzman 
who's just now retiring as abbot of the Berkeley Zen Center, well, was down at Tassajara being Shu So, and I, and I very much enjoyed doing that. But then, then I had this idea that, I, but I've always been torn by the wanting, by the desire to build, and I had this idea I could do both. But when, when, uh, when, when I actually started having uh, a a a shop, renting shop space, a couple of employees, an insurance policy, clients, it kind of ran away with me, and I, uh, I got. I, I, it, it took over. It took over everything for for a number of years, um, but now I've retired from that, and I realize that this case points out that that um, that you need you need both. You need both the, the the verbal teaching and the and the and the physical teaching. <clears throat> so this case revolves around um, a temple, a temple in. Um, in central China, where where um, a, a priest was a priest had been installed, and and at that time the the government the government installed the the the, the installed the government was in charge of the priesthood. I mean they they gave people they gave people their their temple that everything belonged to the state, so it was an imperial system, and the the temples were doled out and I don't know exactly how the, the abbots were chosen but they were chosen for not necessarily just for their uh, their their spiritual understanding but they were chosen for some reason that I don't I don't know exactly how that worked but and they were given these temples and they were given and the name of the temple was usually the name that they that they took so there as they moved from temple to temple their names would change and um, they would be the both the spiritual leader of that of that temple, but they would also be the the secular leader of it. They'd be like a little like like the mayor or the or the little the prince of that temple. So they would make all the they would be make all the decisions. They would be everything would come back to the abbot to be decided. He was the supreme the supreme of the ruler of of the temple, um, and and sometimes he was a great teacher, and sometimes he was just a great administrator, and sometimes he was just a popular fellow. But anyway, it didn't didn't guarantee that he had deep insight just because he was abbot of the temple. <clears throat> and especially, well, I won't get into that. Especially in, in the, the Sun period, there was a certain amount of I don't want to call it decadence, but a certain amount of laxness that had crept in because of, of longevity. Anyway, <clears throat> the, uh, the 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 <clears throat> Um, at this at, at this time, there was a group of four abbots, four teachers that were heading north, and they were they were they were on a, on a trip. They were on a trip to visit uh, temples in the north, and they came to a they came to a spot where there was flooding and a storm and flooding, and they couldn't go any farther. So they decided to stay in this in this in this temple. Um, wait for the for the water to go down so they could cross the river and continue their travels, and just like just like nowadays, well, I don't know about nowadays, but anyway, ten years ago, anyway, temples were were like hotels. You could stay. You could stay in a temple. Um, uh, it was a place. It was a pilgrim. Whether you were a pilgrim or just a traveler, it didn't 
it, you could stay you would stay in the temple and that practice is still was still alive in Japan I imagine it's still alive some places when I I led a group of students from San Francisco Zen Center in the late 80s to uh, to Rinso Suzuki temple in Japan we did a little one month session there a little one sort of a little one month practice period there 10 of us and we lived in the we lived there in the temple that this way and then when we went down to Kyoto the last week we went down to Kyoto just to visit and we lived in a temple down there and it's it's um it's a very Spartan kind of of, of, of hostelry you have a you have a, a, a bottom mat and a top mat they're both kind of thick and thick and they're 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 nothing's too fluffy either the top or the bottom and you have one tatami mat to sleep on and then they you're served the food the food of the temples they served on little trays you sitting on the floor they bring a little tray and sit it down in front of you and it's usually a fairly simple fare but anyway the price is right and it's um, definitely a way an experience of traditional traditional Buddhist and Japanese life uh, that's hard to find nowadays. If you have a chance ever to do it, it's, it's well worth doing. Um, anyway, these these fellows were staying there at this temple as because there was there was there no there were no hotels at the time and they were fellow Buddhists, so it was common practice. And so the abbot the abbot asked them, well, well where do you come from? And the, the, one of them says, we come from the south. And then Abbott asks again, well, how is Buddhism in the, in the South these days? And the, 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 visitor, the visitor says, there's, ex- there's extensive discussion. And, they, and then Abbott says, how, how can that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat? So this was, my, this was my thinking. When I read this, I said, yes, that's right. Planting the fields and making rice to eat—that's the—that's the real thing. Talking about it and discussing it and, and is 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 not is not the real thing. The real thing is to is to is, is to perform perform everyday functions. <clears throat> so then the so then the visitor who's who's concerned with the with, with the with the state of things says, <clears throat> "So what can you do about the world? So how can you influence the world? How can you?" change things you know we're 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 in the middle of this this discussion right now ourselves how do you how do you take care of the world around you and then and the abbot says what do you call the world so that's that's our that's our 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 question our question of the moment what is the world from as a buddhist that is the question what what is the world so there's there's um, various ways of understand of understanding that. Um, when we had when when San Francisco Zen Center went through a period when the when Suzuki Roshi's Suzuki Roshi's uh, disciple Suzuki Roshi's uh, um, heir um, ran a fall ran a fall of the uh, morality of the congregation of the Sangha and was asked to leave, we had a, a power vacuum in it. And, this, and in this power vacuum, many people tried to figure out what to do. What, what, is, what, is, what is the right thing to do? How should we, how should we proceed? Um, 
and we'd had many discussions and great groups. And there was many, there was maybe 300 active members in the community at that time. So it was a fairly large group. And, um, and there was a lot of concern about, about where to go, where to go, what to, what to do next. And we had, we had this member of the community. He was, he was, um, actually he was a, he was the, the heir and the operator of Midas Muffler, which some of you may remember from the past. It was a, a, a national chain of, of muffler companies that he'd inherited from his father. He had cancer and he'd come to us thinking that a macrobiotic diet would somehow cure his cancer. Anyway, um, and, but he was quite an interesting fellow, but quite a, quite a sharp fellow. And, and in one of these large meetings, I think there was, there was maybe 200 people there. And he, he got up and said, I always remembered this as being such a great statement. In the midst of revolving contingencies, the answer is not to be found by discursive thinking. Um, anyway, basically it's saying if everything's changing and you can't, you can't put your, you can't, since everything is changing, you can't find the answer by talking about it. <clears throat> so that, of course, fit right in with my way of thinking but I didn't but when I read this when I read this when I read this case earlier I didn't study I didn't study the whole the whole thing I was just I just took that understanding of it and said aha this this um, this uh, justifies this um, just this justifies my understanding so so since it justified my understanding, I didn't bother to look any farther. But studying studying more deeply and 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 then and then these this last year or so since since I retired from the construction business, um, I've become I've come to understand that that the the true meaning or the deeper meaning of this case is 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 not as I, as I first saw it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, the it, it goes on to say that that the um, there's the oneness of source, and there's the one there's the one um, <clears throat> and there's the oneness of speech. So there's the source understanding, which is like. Zazen understanding, and then there's the dharma, the teaching the dharma, the speaking the dharma. The, there are two things. <clears throat> they, they, I mean, the case says there's two things, and that, and that to understand speech, to understand, to understand speech, understand the dharma without understanding the source, without the back, without the back, without the Buddha mind behind it, is they, as they say here in this in this case that. It's like the sun hidden behind the clouds. Um, but they say, but also it says to to, uh, to, uh, to understand the, the to understand the source without speech is like a snake in a bamboo tube. So a bamboo tube is 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 rigid and straight, and the snake. The snake, therefore, the snake. Even though the snake can curl and bend, the snake must be also rigid and straight. So, it's it's a very it's 
a narrow understanding, maybe a perfect understanding, but a very narrow understanding of the meaning of snake. <clears throat> um, and then the thing, it goes on to say, um, that the oneness the, the oneness of of source one of the wonders of source one is uh, as as well as speech and oneness with speech is a sunny day and oneness without without source and without speech is a dog dogs howling in the reed patch anyway um it's it's coming back to the to the 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 understanding that Um, form is emptiness, and emptiness is form, and form is form, and emptiness is emptiness, which is the recurring theme in in all of our teaching. Um, understanding, understanding, uh, understanding that that relationship is is the basis of of. Of our teaching, and it's not an not an easy not easy to comprehend, and it's very easy to to grasp and and to grasp one side of it and, and not the other. It's to understand them both together is is quite difficult. Anyway, I have come to understand that just dealing with the source without dealing with the speech is not enough, and that's why I'm. Here talking to you folks today, and why I'm hanging out with you all on Zoom, and um, I'm, I'm I'm it's I find I find your sangha a very a very warm and, and receptive sangha, and I, I deeply appreciate your your allowing me to uh, practice my 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 speech with with you all. Anyway, um, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, we have some time now for um, more discussion. <laughs> uh, or we could just sit here and wallow in the source. But uh, I think maybe some of you may have some some things to say or some questions or some responses. And uh, uh, Paul has given us... Um, this koan and these questions. And so uh, I welcome uh, any of you who have comments, responses, questions for Paul about all of this. Uh, you can raise your hand and I'll call on you, David Ray, would you please help me with this? If I can't see you, if you're not visible on the screen and there's two screens actually, you can go to the participants window on the bottom, and uh, there's a place on the bottom of that where you can raise your hand, and that's another way that you can, that we can see that you have some comment or question for Paul, some response. So um, please feel free. There's this is uh, this is a sangha where hopefully we get some taste of the source through our sazen, but also we um, there's lots of discussion. And part of that is is just to 
enjoy each other as Sangha. So that's another part. So John Killover, thank you for joining us. Uh, I think you're new to our Sangha. Please uh, question, comment. Hey, Paul. Um, thanks for sharing all that. That's a fascinating uh, career you have and experience you have. I had a question about while you were a teacher, you said you really enjoyed it. I was wondering if there was a moment or many moments, maybe if you could think of like three examples of a moment while you were teaching where you had like a uh, samadhi or like an awakening or one of the students asked a question and then you were able to do some references and, and say, oh, wow, holy cow, you know, something like that. Maybe while you were teaching, the experience of being the teacher, what did, you know, what moments being the teacher, did you have your own realizations being the teacher and with those interactions with all your students? Um, yeah, that's the, you know, you know, we, we say we say and in, 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 you know Rinzai Zen is is has puts emphasis on some, on Kensho or some sort of special experience because they think that will encourage you to to study more and to and to keep 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 the faith. Uh, Soto's not so interested in that. It's more we say like getting damp from walking in the in the fog. Um, I I can't say that I had some. I, in Japan, when I studied with a Rinzai teacher, I had some experiences like that that I don't want to share publicly. But I don't. Uh, in in I, I I never indulged in that kind of thing in, in America. And there's something about there's something about opening the zendo every morning and having people come and sit with you and and. Uh, I think that when I was at the Berkeley Zen Center, it was on Dwight Way, then a different location, and we had a big backyard, and we had a garden, and people people would come every day, and and uh, just just the just having the sangha come, it was it was probably the best, the most. I don't like to use the word happy, but it was one of the warmest periods of my life, um, and it and it was. And it was just because of the harmony. It felt, it felt so har- harmonious, and it and I had no desire to go anywhere. I never went up to Telegraph Avenue or you know to any of the hot spots around town. Um, I had no felt no need to. Um, Suzuki Roshi would come and lecture once a once a uh, once a week when he was in town. Um, it was it was just. It was just a, it was just a sort of a wonderful time, and then, and then, when I was at, when I was doing it at Green Gold, you just the, the sharing your life with people and sharing, being open and sharing your 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 innermost feelings with people. Um, there's something very gratifying about that, without without being, without there having to be any real attachment or, or clinging. It was it was uh, anyway quite wonderful. Thank you. Uh, other people, comments, questions, responses, please feel free. Yes, Fushin. Oh, 
could you say a little bit more about Buddha mind being like a snake in a bamboo tube? <laughs> well, you know that's 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 it's in it's in beginner's mind, and it's and it, and it's something that's been said often that there's two 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 kinds of practice. One is give your sheep a large pasture, and the other is put a snake in a bamboo tube. Um, so, so a snake, you know, a snake, a snake is is a long straight object, but it doesn't really know it's a long straight object because it's always curled up, or, or you know, it's 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 not, it doesn't experience its straightness because it's in order to move, it has to curl and. Anyway, um, uh, so if you so if it's basically saying practice like 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 um, practicing in a practice center where there's strict rules and where there's where there's where there's a, a schedule to follow or there's or there's a, a very strict practice where where you where you have where you don't have any decisions to make and where you. Just follow, just follow the rules, and just follow the schedule, and and spend a lot of time meditating. That's 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 considered snake in snake in a tube, because you you find out who you find out who you are by not so much by by staying still and following and, and following the, the rules of the tube, but by but by wriggling against it and bumping up against it and feeling feeling your body push against the sides of the tube. So. It's 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 the idea that without without some rules, without some outline, without some some form to follow, you can't really see who you are because you don't. There's nothing to bump up against. That is without a target. There's not much point in practicing. Just archery or or what you know. So, um, it's that it's that kind of understanding. But that doesn't mean that that's that that's it doesn't mean that the snake in a bamboo tube is is the is the ultimate way, or that it's you know a better way or a good way. It's 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 a way of it's a way of of, of finding out who you are. Isn't it kind of unnatural to, uh, for a snake to be in a bamboo tube? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, and that's. And nature, when you say nature, you mean karma. So that's what we're trying to learn. We're trying to learn how to deal with our karma. So if we're just natural, then we are we are we are at we're at the mercy of our karma, and we just run before our karma like like a like a sailboat before the wind. And which may be just fine if you have a nice boat and this water's calm, and you can and you're going and that's the direction you want to go in. Having a following wind is beautiful. But if, if the water gets rough, or you want to go, you want to go to the left or the right, and you're but you're just being blown straight ahead, then there's some problem. So so that we practice to we practice not to overcome our karma, or not to not to negate our karma, but we practice to understand our karma. Thank you, Paul. Um, Joe Kai is next. 
Paul, um, I wanted to ask about the proper functioning of uh, lineages. In your talk, uh, there's the, uh, I guess, the difference between the north and the south, but in the way there's no north or south. So what is the proper functioning of these lineages and where we come from and how do we, I guess, integrate them into our practice? Well, the first, the, the first off, you, you, for whatever reason, you, you find yourself in a, in a lineage, um, you know, to, to pick and choose, to pick and choose is considered a hell realm. So if you're, if you're trying to find the right lineage to be part of, uh, it's very painful. Um, if you, if you find a lineage that you're comfortable with, you're very fortunate. Um, it's not the as as I mean it's not I mean all lineages are the same and they're, and they're all different simultaneously, and I think we have I don't know we have we have affinities we have affinities for one or the other there there there's not really that much difference I mean it's certainly certainly in Japan Rinzai and Soto are on the surface very different but I have met many Rinzai teachers that are, that are more Soto-like, and I met uh, uh, Soto teachers that are more Rinzai-like. It's not, it's not like it's a hard and fast rule, or there's a hard and fast, you know, different lineages. And basically, the only one that's important is um, your, your teacher and you. Um, there's, it's, the, 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 that's, that's, that's really the only one that applies. And you don't get to choose your parents. At least you don't know that you get to choose your parents. And, but you do get to choose your teacher. And that's, that's, that's a big, that's, that's a, or, or your lineage. So that, that that's a, that's, it's, it's that's a big thing, but it's also not an important thing. It doesn't really matter. But what what matters is the practice, not 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 the lineage. Thank you, uh, Dylan. was next? Good morning. Thank you. I'm interested in uh, the dialogue or interaction between uh, I think what you called physical practice and verbal practice uh, <clears throat> is there is there a, a way or an aspect in which they're both the, like they're both contained within each other or they're both always happening anyway uh, like for example I feel like when I go and take out the recycling this morning I'm telling my roommate that I care about them, you know, and, and then there's, and there's a, there's, I think another, uh, fascicle in the book of serenity about, uh, a teacher responding by putting their stake in the ground in the garden and just kind of standing there. So ways of communicating that aren't verbal, um, basically that this, this communication is always happening anyway. I don't know if that means we don't, we never have to talk about anything, but, how do those? How does that distinction between verbal and physical work? 
Well, it, it is, I mean, as, as this case talks about it, it is uh, two, sides, two sides of the same coin, but, uh, but, as, but as, you're, as you're expressing, it, it's, 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 the, it's the neither one or the other or j- jumping clear of either one that's the important thing. And, and, and as this fascicle says, it says, you know, the, 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 power, the power of nothing is, 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 is the most important, is, is, is very, power, very important, the power of nothing. So taking out, taking out the compost can, be, can definitely be the power of nothing if you're just taking out the compost. But if you're taking out the compost because you think, you know, you have some ulterior motives for it, like you think it's going to make you look good or you're, you're, your roommates will, will love you or, or, or that it's, you know, there's some other reason, and then you, 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 there's, a, there's a problem. But if you're just taking out the compost because you're taking out the comp or the, the recycle, um, that's you know that's the power that's the power of no, nothing. <clears throat> uh, David Ray has a question or comment. Well, thank you very much for that talk. Um, would you say more about that question about the world? What is the world, or what about the world, and, and what that what that has to do with um, with the other the other question about the, the relationship or, or interaction between practice and speech? I'm I'm sorry, your 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 question is a little garbled, but but I, I the, what what because of the of the connection, but. Um, are you, you saying what <clears throat> the, 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 the question that comes up in the, fa- in the class? I'm sorry. Can you hear me now, Paul? Is it okay yeah, that's now? Be- that, that's better. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think it was my power cord. So my question is about uh, this question about the world. What is the world? And what about the world? Uh, just, just to hear more about that. I, I don't, I don't understand how that question about the world connects to the relation between practice and Practice and speech. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's it is. It, I I was sort of surprised by that that they put both of those in the in the same in the same in the same case, uh, and that's and I had missed that connection when when I when I read it the first time. I you know early on when I studied it early on. Um, um, and that's one that we are faced with right now. Like, are we responsible for our, our political our political dilemmas that we are in now, or for our racial dilemmas that we are in now? Or uh, how do we how do we relate how do we relate to the world around us? How do we relate to you know in 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 the times? I think in the times of this fascicle is talking about there was like schisms of. This sect was talking was was arguing with that sect about what is the true path. Or anyway, there was there was you know Buddhism was Buddhism was a much more political, but political vehicle in ancient in 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 China. I don't want to call it medieval. It was a very high point. But anyway, in in uh, in Tang and Sung China, and even before Buddhism was considered as part of homeland defense. The, the power of Buddha defended the nation, which is it was they had they had Buddha wars and temple wars, and one country would try to build a bigger temple in the next country, the next country because that would give them greater power. 
it's hard for us to comprehend that now, but that was that was the belief back then in the especially in the fifth fifth, sixth century. There was a big a big just like a nuclear power now that you know who has the biggest atomic bomb, who had the biggest temple had more power. Anyway, it's it's like I say, it's hard for us to comprehend that, but it was part of part of the culture of the time. And so there was there was there was contention and there was contention between the various different sects or the different the different groups. So so just like there is now, there's you know there's contention between you know the, the, the our political 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 uh, contention in this country and, and racial contention and 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 questions about where we should go next and what's important and anyway, it's a very very. Not unlike most times, and I don't know. There's not doesn't go too long without this, without the human condition coming up, and people try to decide what's best to do. I mean, we went through a whole, we went through a whole century where, where socialism was thought to be thought to be powerful, and and it was and was tried by a few places and found lacking. And anyway, and now it's sort of coming back around again. Anyway, it's. It's the human condition to to always be discussing and looking and trying to find a better way. <clears throat> and Buddhism Buddhism basically preaches that that this 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 no way the no way the the way is is the is the right is the is the right way the the Buddha mind the way of the Buddha mind is the right way. But also. We ha- we have to live in this world, and we have to contend with this world. So, being part of the ebb and flow of the of the of the moment is 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 very is is important is important. So, uh, the source just just dealing in the source or just dealing in the in the in the in the spoken and that is both of them are both of them miss the point. So we have to find a way to combine the two. And, and 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 make make both of them part of our of our everyday life. Um, but ultimately, <clears throat> ultimately, Buddhism Buddhism is about the power the power of nothing. I want I would like to add something to that. There's these. There are two questions in this case, and they're both very important. So the two questions. What can you do about the world? And what do you call the world? And I don't think the point is to answer either of them, but to hold those questions. What can we do about the world now? And what do we call the world? How do we, how do we see? How do we define? How do we think about the world? And then also there's the other question that's come up. That we've talked about what is an appropriate response, and that might be different each month or each week or for each one of us. So just these questions are really important to keep with us. The other, the other day, I, I listened to public radio quite a bit, and I, the other day the Dalai, the Dalai Lama was on because he's, he's co-written a new book about, about the state of the world, and he was doing a uh, a virtual book tour, and uh, he was speaking speaking on the public radio station, and his 
his his his his world is a very large world. It includes all of the animals and all of the insects and and all of the all of the rivers and all of the mountains. And he sees us uh, destroying it, and he's very concerned. And he his his, politi- his smaller political world. They asked about about it, but. What about the Chinese? What is it? That, what's, who's going to be the next Dalai Lama? And, and, and you know, how do you, how are you going to resolve all? He says that's not important. He says that's not really important. Maybe there won't be another Dalai Lama. What's important is that we take care of our world because it's the only world we have. We discovered they discovered water on the moon, but I don't think we want to live there. I think we need to take care of this planet that we're living on now. This that's the most that's the world. That's that's the most important question. So. Different people, you know, have different different ideas of what the world is. If you're if you're a, a Syrian refugee tra- trapped in on an island in, in Greece, you have a very different view of the world. You know, if if you're a if you're um, if, if you're an, an unemployed American that sees their 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 jobs and their and their and their um, livelihood being taken away by other other groups that, that that's that's a that's that's a, that's another world i mean we, we uh there's many there's many worlds as, as there are as there are people so we need to find we need to think about for ourselves what is what is our world what is what is the world it's not a question that they're going to be settled by as a unit as a universal answer <clears throat> Thank you. Hogetsu, I think, has the next question. Uh, Paul, I really just want to thank you for opening up this case for us and weaving it so beautifully with your practice. And I felt that this question of what is the world, where is the world, how do we call the world, is such a a deep uh a deep teaching and that, you know, I was heartened to hear that still the world opens up for you. (laughs) It kind of gives me hope. So I guess I just want to appreciate that, that, you know, even after a lifetime of practice, you can reflect and go, what, what's missing? What, you know, what's new, what new worlds can we discover? So, um, you know, you really, uh, just feel inspiring. So, thank you very much. Well, I, I I see it as a as a as a hindrance in my practice because I have I have I have this tendency to want to put my shoulder to the wheel and turn the wheel in the direction I think it should go, which is which is one of t- taking this seriously the seriously the the plight of the planet. But but it's still it's it's a it's a it's a it's an effort. Uh, to to turn the wheel in, in a, a particular direction, so it's it's a hindrance. But um, um, I'm knowing and willingly doing it, and I'm trying not to get take it too seriously. But I'm also pretty much twenty four seven thinking about it. So um, we, it's, we we need we need to we need to pursue. The, the what's important to us we need to we need to function we need to to, to live in our work in the world that we that we see but we have to be careful not to get attached to it or not to become uh, possessed by it 
But basically, basically what the teaching is here is just taking care of what's under your feet. You know, the, planting the fields, making making rice balls, uh, taking out the recycle. That's all. That's 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 the most. That's you know. That's that's what's. That's the that's the world. That's your world because the world you're in is your immediate world. Everything else is 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 is, is out is outside of that. <clears throat> I think Rona had a question. Oh, okay. Thank you, uh, Rona. Thank you. Um, I have a question about uh, how I. Um, how how to how to particularly uh, like take my practice to the world? So I'm asking because uh, I went back to work. I've I haven't been practicing for a long time, but I'm going back to work, and there are um, things that I do that don't feel quite um, peaceful, like uh, not a very good manager and sometimes I get like um, in arguments with him and I do want to take the practice to my job uh, so it will be so I will be like more centered and 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 conscious of the interaction with him or with other people and so that's my question also um, how do I manage the expectation of it? You know, so I expect to go to my workplace and like be better than before because I'm practicing, but it doesn't always <laughs> happen like that. So the expectation is also difficult for me. Thank you. Do, do you have any children? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know your life, but anyway. Um, but my my thought was to treat to treat your manager as if he was your child, in the sense that that even though he's naughty and 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 acts out, you still you still love him. So uh, to to empathy empathy for his for his his uh, wrongheadedness is is always helpful in dealing with a situation like that. And just taking taking responsibility for for the world that you find yourself in there. I mean, Suzuki Roshi, when we were when we were before we had Page Street, but we were living we were living in the old synagogue on Bush Street in San Francisco, and everybody lived across the street in the old Victorians. Um, he would we would so we were out on the street a lot, and he had, the two things he told us to do was if you see any trash on the ground, pick it up as if you dropped it. And always go down to the corner and wait for the light to change. Go across the light and then walk back to your to your apartment on the opposite side. Don't jaywalk. So, if you find if you find things to do at work that where you can, where you can, even if they're even if they don't make sense, they like like you know it doesn't make really make sense to walk down the corner because there's not that many cars. You can just walk across. But to to find to find things at your work that you can do that. That make you feel like you like you own the own the job that you own the work that it's your company that you're 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 the you know it's part of you, and then to think of your <clears throat> to think of your 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 
um, whatever, whoever your supervisor is, as uh, someone that needs help, someone someone that you need need to be sympathy have sympathy for, even though they're they're um, they're they're acting out, they're acting badly. Um, that would be would be a, a, a way a, a Buddhist way of dealing with that. Should I should I take him as a child to my practice? Like when I practice, just imagine him or try to send love. Is that helpful? You don't have to love him, but you don't have to hate him either. You you can <laughs> you um you you. You you have to you have to empathize with whatever whatever there's there's obviously something making him feel uncomfortable, um, and maybe maybe he's just you know maybe he's just a horse's ass and that's all there is to it. But but you but you but as long as you're there, you need to think find ways to to make him feel comfortable, um, and to and to and to help help him see see. You know, a, 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 See more if you can. If you can, and I have no idea what the what the what the environment there is like or what it's like. But for your own sake, you need to find a way to to de, to decontaminate the situation and turn it into into a positive experience. And and you you have you have control over that for yourself, uh, but by not letting him get to you or not letting or not thinking what he says as being something about about you. I mean, uh, anyway, this is far more complicated than we can talk about here. But anyway, own own the situation generally generally helps a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, next is Ko and then John again. Ko? Um. I just wanted to ask about um, as you get discussion and actual practice come together, I was wondering if you have a sense of how you uh, converse with the wood itself in your oh. um, practice as a, as a craftsman. Is there a, a, a form of discussion or um, listening oh. that happens with that? Yes. Lis- listening, listening more, more, well, it goes both ways, I guess, <clears throat> but yes, each piece of wood has a different voice and a different, a different story to tell, and a different history, and a different future. And um, um, if you listen, <clears throat> if you listen, if you listen to it, it'll it will tell you exactly what uh, it needs to do, and what it wants to do, and where it belongs, and and who it is, and who it, who's gonna who's who it wants to be friends with. Um, this whole story will reveal itself if you if you listen. And then and then it's your then it's your job to find an appropriate an appropriate dialogue with that piece of wood um, and that's the more difficult part because usually you're doing it for somebody else and you're doing it under financial restraint or you're, you're you don't have a free hand so it's it's always tricky to find how to how to um, how to respond appropriately to each piece of wood. Thank you. Um, John again, then Ed, and we'll see how much time we have then. Mm. 
Hey, Paul. Um, I was wondering, you know, it sounds like you're from San Francisco. You've been doing Zen uh, a long time. Did you uh, ever meet Alan Watts? Do you have any Alan Watts stories? And then I guess if you could uh, quickly maybe summarize just your response to, you know, uh, all the philosophy you've read in your whole life and then being a Zen Buddhist and then I guess what does love mean to you? Um, so philosophy, love, and then I guess the third word is uh, maybe Zen meditation mantras. John, that's so much of a so long a question. Hey, please, hang on, hang on. I got an answer. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, I, I, I take it you want to be a co-author with 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 a uh, eight hundred page book. <laughs> Are you ready for that? Are you ready to sit down and start writing that book? We can do it. We, we can do it week at a time. We can like you know we can do a conference call once for an hour once a week, and, do, and we can write that book. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I think we're it's a little it's a little much to take on. Um, there was a couple of good nuggets in there, though. Um, I don't know whether we can find them among among all the oatmeal, but anyway, um, um, Alan Watts. Yeah, yeah, Alan Watts. That's. <clears throat> That was well. That was one of that was Alan Watts used to lecture on KPFA in Berkeley when I was a, when I was in high school. So I would hear him talk about Zen and, 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 uh, and on the radio, and 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 it's it sounded like this thing where they they all wear the same clothes and they line up in a row <laughs> and, they, and the bell rings. They all sit down and and then they sit there until they're told they can eat and then they eat and then anyway it was. I was like, what in the world is that? That doesn't sound like spiritual practice. That doesn't sound like the real thing. That's, you know, and I was I was coming down off of a pretty strong high of, of Marxism where everything is scientifically described and and I was seeing the 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 flaws. My my Marxist stepfather would always bang the table and say, It's that goddamn human element, that goddamn human element. It gets in the way every time. And yeah, that humans humans don't do what's right. You know, they're not machines. You know, they don't do what's right for them. They do what they feel like at the moment for whatever crazy reason. But this regimentation that Alan Watts was describing as being the Zen practice, I thought that couldn't possibly be of any use. I mean, that's 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 absurd. And I I started studying Taoism. I thought the hermit in the mountains were there was the were the was the right thing. And um, um, anyway, I won't follow that line very far but anyway then 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 later um i when i went to japan i met a bit i met a number of people there that knew alan watts in japan when he was had visiting japan and they thought that he was a pretty uh they didn't have a very high respect for him he was very self-indulgent and and, and pushy and and not anyway that he, he did not make a, he did not make a good impression in japan but I, but and then when I came back to the states, he had died in the in that while I was there. But we had inherited a Green Gulch. We inherited his widow, Jano, who was a raging alcoholic and very needy, and uh, and had a full of stories and kind of a kind of a fun old gal. And I used to hang out with her some. But that's that's. Um, that's my Alan, that's my Alan Watts experience anyway, and but it wasn't until I met Suzuki Roshi later and saw saw the importance of 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 the Zen of the of the Zen practice that I 
anyway, it took me it took me a while to 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 understand why why what what the purpose for all those bells and all that regimentation is. Thank you, Paul. Um, yeah, uh, Ed. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Paul. Always a pleasure. I ran a construction company for many years, and it was like a hurricane that would not push off. And it was vital for me to pretend that I could manage it, even though I never succeeded in it. What is there a variation or a difference between the, the imitation of knowing and the act of knowing, say, speech versus physical action? And is the one vital to the other? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about. It's like it's like falling downhill trying to trying to keep keep from uh, getting your head bashed in. Um, um, and there's a lot to be said for acting, acting, acting as, acting if, act, you know, acting as if you 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 knew what you were doing, um, because you know the mind the mind is an amazing creature. It 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 could conjure up almost any any imaginary state, and if you imagine a state that is that is orderly and and clear, um. It's it's helpful, but in, in my my experience with that was my experience with that situation was more to not have any not not to not just let it happen as take it moment by moment because it kept changing and every time you sort of planned or worried or got upset about something it it was there's some other problem came up and it was that wasn't the problem and just to just to let it all flow. And let it let it let it drive right up to the edge, and and it, it it always seemed to turn around and not go over the edge. So I don't know if it's just me, but I've been very fortunate. And every time this some impending disaster comes along, it turns out that it's actually an asset. So um, is is imitation of knowing ever exceeded? Is the calling sort of touching on that on that on that idea? Well, I'm sorry. What could you voice that again? I missed a cr- crucial word. Is the imitation of knowing ever exceeded in the act of knowing? I always felt that Cohen reveals that relationship in a way. You talk about the verbal experience of knowing, which is an imitation of the experience itself. And yet it's vital to knowing the experience as an action. And so I throw that out there as the paradox that you present. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I I, I I would I don't think I would ever state it that way. So I, I would have to digest that. I don't know. There's, um, you're saying is is acting as acting as if I, I, a a path towards towards it being true. You know, they're very much so. Yes. Um, um, I don't think I don't. I mean. I, I mean, there's there's so many so many pitfalls to that understanding. I mean, it, if you act as if it were true, true, then then you're in good shape, you know. Even if you don't, <laughs> even if you don't, even if you don't actually understand that it's true at the moment, but you act as if as act of, act as if it was true, and and it actually is true. But if you, I, yeah, I but think that's the best. Yeah, that might be the best you get. But I just throw it out there at the table. That's yeah, if, you, if you're acting as if it's true and it's something else altogether, you're you're deep doo doo. 
I, I best best to just act just to just deal with it the way it is rather than try to put a spin on it. Might be my experience. But there's time. There's times when when it's when a when a good bluff is is useful. And I don't think there's any. I don't think. I don't think there's any one thing you could say about that that that, that would hold up under scrutiny. Thank you, Ed and Paul. Uh, there's time for uh, if there's any if if there's one or maybe even two more comments or questions. Uh, we have time for that if 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 there is. So, anybody else would like like to ask? Question. Please raise your hand. Or uh, oh, there's a couple. Xing uh, Yu. Hi, Paul. Thank you for your talk. Um, I'm curious about why you are here at Ancient Dragons and Gates. Um, well, as I said earlier, I I uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. I think there's something hidden in your question there. But why am I here rather than somewhere else? Is that your question? Okay. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to get into into the dirty laundry of my family, but um, um, I feel uh, Tigan and I have a history and 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 a and a sympathetic understanding, and um, I. I have more. I have. Anyway, um, it's <laughs> I don't want to say anything negative, so I'm so I'm sort of bouncing around about it. I there's it's I've been away from San Francisco Zen Center for too long, and I would and I have too much of a karmic trail there, and I don't you folks don't know me for nothing, so I I have sort of a clean slate with you all, and I get to sort of start fresh, and. Um, um, and 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 you're and you're a great group of people. I, I mean, Chicago is Chicago has something something special to it that, that you don't find in San Francisco. As, as a certain, you're, you're not all on the make. You're not all looking for the next big thing. You know, so it's um, uh, it's it's quite refreshing, and um, um, and also just the circumstances. When I talked, I talked to. I talked to uh, Tension Anderson about about me wanting to like reach out to reach out to people and 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 um, he suggested that I get together with Ty Gin and um, uh, he so he encouraged it and uh, and it just sort of happened and, and I'm I'm enjoying it and uh, um, anyway and like I say it's it's you're you're very forgiving and letting me experiment and practice and learn how to talk about things with, with you all. Let me add that Paul is being modest. Um, Paul and I, you know, we're in both in this uh, group that meets uh, once a week with uh, Tenshin Roshi uh, that I used to go to regularly before I uh, relocated to Chicago, and now thanks to Zoom, I can go to again, and Paul is, is, goes to, and uh, so we started talking, and Paul and I talk almost every week, and um, 
And I, so part of the answer, she knew, is that I invited him to come and give a talk here. And actually, he came here a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and was here for several days or so. And people enjoyed meeting with him. And, uh, and, and Paul and I, I was, uh, I got to know Paul uh, at Tassajara uh, in the early, mid-80s at a practice period that uh, tension rep led. And Paul was the tanto there, as Asian is the tanto here. And I was his, uh, uh, his jisha, his assistant. And we got to, you know, I knew him before that a little, but we got to know each other more. And uh, we have, uh, even though we're, you know, he's a carpenter and I'm a, uh, I have my head in books a lot. Uh, we have a lot of other things in common. And uh, anyway, so Paul, Paul and I enjoy each other. And even when we disagree about things, we enjoy each other. And so I've invited invited him to uh, be our Sado teacher, our regular uh, visiting teacher. And, and Paul has taken it on. And he comes to a lot of our Zooms. And, and by the way, uh, Thursday evening in our regular schedule, there is a a, a uh, kind of beginners sitting and talk discussion about Suzuki Roshi and Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. And Paul often comes to that and he knew Suzuki Roshi. So when you're reading about things from Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, he has uh, insights about, <laughs> about Suzuki Roshi and why he might, what he said. And, and so I encourage you all to come to the Thursday evening um, event at Ancient Dragons and Gate. It's on the Zoom too. So um, I'm just really grateful that Paul has offered to uh, be here. And I guess um, from his side, he, and, as he said, enjoys being at a, um, you know, San Francisco Zen Center and Green Gulch and Tassajara are huge institutions and they're residential practice places. And what we do here is really different. I mean, there's a real this uh, uh, there's a real advantage to practicing that way, like a snake in a bamboo tube, and doing that for a little while. And actually, a number of you I can see here have done that. But um, you know, we're even before Zoom, we were we're a non-residential lay practice place, and uh, so it's it's uh, I don't know if it's a little more relaxed or I don't know what, but anyway. Um, so uh, thank you for asking, Xingyu, but uh, I'm really grateful to Paul for uh, being here with us. So thank you, Paul. And he's very modest about um, what he is offering us. So uh, maybe with that, we'll uh, close and uh, do our closing chant. So David, if you would put that up, please. So I will. So today we'll have the full service, uh, starting with the repentance first three times, then the Mecha Sutta, and then the uh, well-being. So, yeah. <coughs> if, uh, if not muted, uh, I ask that you please do go ahead and mute so that we can um, all chant together, but but not have the not experience the feedback. So I will um, reshare the screen and start with the repentance verse. And the verse, all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, 
I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion born through body, speech, and mind. I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. This is what should be accomplished by the one who is wise, who seeks the good and has obtained peace. Let one be strenuous, upright, and sincere, without pride, easily contented and joyous. Let one not be submerged by the things of the world. Let one not take upon oneself the burden of riches. Let one's senses be controlled. Let one be wise but not puffed up. And let one not desire great possessions even for one's family. Let one do nothing that is mean or that the wise would reprove. May all beings be happy. May they be joyous and live in safety. All living beings, whether weak or strong, in high or middle or low realms of existence, small or great, visible or invisible, near or far, born or to be born, may all beings be happy. Let no one deceive another, nor despise any being in any state. Let none by anger or hatred wish harm to another. Even as a mother, at the risk of her life, watches over and protects her only child, so with a boundless mind should one cherish all living things, suffusing love over the entire world, above, below, and all around without limit. So let one cultivate an infinite goodwill toward the whole world, standing or walking, sitting or lying down. During all one's waking hours, let one practice the way with gratitude, not holding to fixed views, endowed with insight, freed from sense appetites. One who achieves the way will be freed from the duality of birth and death. May all awakened beings extend with true compassion their luminous mirror wisdom. With full awareness we have chanted the Metta Sutta. We dedicate this merit to our original ancestor in India, great teacher Shakyamuni Buddha, our first woman ancestor, great teacher Mahaprajapati, our first ancestor in China, great teacher Bodhidharma, our first ancestor in Japan, great teacher Eihei Dogen. Our first ancestor in America, great teacher Shogaku Shunryu. The perfect wisdom bodhisattva Manjushri. And to the fulfillment of practice of all members of all sanghas, gratefully we offer this virtue to all beings. All Buddhas throughout space and time, all honored ones, bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, 
wisdom beyond wisdom, Mahaprajna Paramita.